0: And now, back to David Spada and Elliot Harris for more sports and torts on TalkZone.com.
1: Elliot, we go right from one Hall of Famer in baseball, Monty Irvin, to another Hall of Famer in football. He was an eight-time AFL All-Star. He played his entire career for the Buffalo Bills in the AFL. It's lineman Billy Shaw. How you doing, Billy?
0: I'm doing fine, thanks.
1: I look at these numbers here, eight-time AFL All-Star, you block for some great runners, one of them Cookie Gilcrest. I mean, you block for two phenomenal quarterbacks back in the day and Jack Kemp and Darryl Lamatica. I mean, if it wasn't for you, they wouldn't have the stats they would.
0: Well, well thank you, but there, there were some other offensive linemen that were mighty good on that line. Yeah, You overlooked uh, O.J. My last year was his first year, so... I, you know, I did get to block for some great guys. Cookie Gilcrest was probably the best football player I ever played with. Not the best athlete, but what a great football player he was.
2: Well, he used to do the, the place kicking, right?
0: He did some, uh, and it was in a pinch, but uh, he did. Uh, 1962, uh, he, um, he kicked for us.
1: Uh, he was a tough guy. You don't want to mess around with him because he stood up for his principles.
0: Cookie was uh, it was one of those uh, rare individuals. Uh, as far as a football player, uh, he could have played guard because he was our size. He was. He could have played linebacker. He could have played anywhere on the defensive line. Uh, just a phenomenal player. And he uh, he took that competitiveness uh, on uh, you know in his lifestyle outside of football. And uh, you're right, you didn't uh, you didn't push him around. Yeah.
2: Now, when you came into the American Football League, was there a big adjustment because the AFL was known for its wide open offenses? And uh, you know, here you are in college at Georgia Tech, and I would assume it's a vastly different world.
0: Well, it was uh, you know the caliber of the player was certainly different. Um, my my situation going to Buffalo was similar to uh, to college because we were not one of those uh, uh, AFL teams that threw the ball. We ran the ball probably. Uh, two out of three times, we were more like an NFL team back in that day, and uh, we we weren't like the uh, uh, you know the San Diego teams or or the Denver teams or and later on in Namath's career the New York teams that threw the ball all the time.
1: Did you kind of regret not playing in the NFL?
0: I did not. Uh, a quick story. 1960 was my uh, last year in college. My coach was um, Bobby Dodd. (laughs) <laughs> so I went to Coach Dodd and to get his advice, and uh, he told me, sign with the AFL. You're going to be playing a position either on the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball that you are used to, and that's where he thought that my career uh, should be and uh, I actually signed with the AFL before the NFL draft. Now the Dallas Cowboys went ahead and drafted me anyway, I think uh, in the 14th round, 184th you know, player pick, thinking that the AFL was going to fold and they would have my rights. But I never ever, never ever
2: So if you hadn't signed with the Bills you probably would have been a much higher pick by the Cowboys.
0: Well, uh, you would think that, but I you know <laughs> I I don't know that for a fact. But um uh we we had a lot of conversations uh, you know, back in the day. Gil Bryant was, you know, the, the gentleman that I was uh, you know, talking with so there was that possibility. Of course I would have never been picked ahead of Bob Lilly or You know, who was their uh, first choice and uh, a a great, great, great player. So, uh, who knows?
2: Now, in the huddle, Mm -hmm. with Jack Kemp as quarterback, could Mm -hmm. you tell that this man someday would become a politician?
0: Well, not only in the huddle, because he took command, You, you didn't cough or you didn't sneeze in that huddle. Uh, But we knew um, Jack came to us in the latter part of the year of 62. And we knew immediately that he was a different guy. Probably uh, the most intelligent, uh, one of the most intelligent people I've ever been around (coughs) was Jack. And um, uh, we knew immediately because his conversation was always... uh, political arena, and uh, we knew that he was going to be something special.
1: Did he get you to politic for him?
0: He didn't have to. Uh, I believed in Jack. Um, At that particular time in my life, I was not a Republican. I was a Democrat. And uh, we never argued about it, but, uh, you know, we uh, we talked at length. About uh, what one party believed, and then the other party believed, and uh, he was um, he was an intelligent person.
2: How does a guy from Natchez, Mississippi, end up at Georgia Tech?
0: (laughs) Well, I was born in Natchez, but I was raised in Vicksburg. My parents moved to Vicksburg before I was two years old, and. high school player by the name of George Morris. And George Morris was Mr. Football in Mississippi. And George Morris went to Georgia Tech, and he um, became an All-American. Coach Dodd said that he was the best football player that he ever coached. And I actually followed uh, George Morris. Now, he got into my life Uh, while I was uh, in high school, and uh, he led me in that direction. So uh, that's how I got from Mississippi to Georgia
1: Tech. With the NFL strike, they resolved it last month. There was a lot of talk about the retired players, pensions getting increased. Now I'm hearing they're kind of screwing the retired players. What did retired players get out of this new deal?
0: Well, we don't know yet. Uh, Today was the day that, um, you know, the retirement benefits were to be rectified. But I just got through reading an email where it's going to be further down the line before we know exactly what's going to happen. How
1: how do they do that? I mean, they negotiate a settlement. The judge said that you guys could be part of the settlement. Carl Aller's in there. And then... Basically, five hundred million or whatever they set aside for the retired players, isn't it that hard to figure out to increase the pensions by a certain percentage with the money that's available?
0: Well, there's you know there's more to it than that. Um, the Burt Bell plan, which uh, all of the pre ninety three players are on, um, there were three options you could retire. Could wait till you were 65, and um, it was um, um, the, the amount went up drastically 261.9% to be exact. And we got uh, we get $250 a month times the number of years you played. So if you took it at 55, uh, $250 times 10. Is uh, what twenty-two uh, hundred and fifty bucks? Well, if you wait till you're sixty-five, that number is right at six thousand. If you took it at forty-five, and I think the I think the amount was forty-five percent of, you know, it was less. Uh, it was right around a thousand dollars. But and and a vast number of the guys took it at forty-five. They took spousal option. Social Security option, so the numbers that you are seeing published, like $400 a month or $500 a month, is a result of taking it early.
1: But they convinced a lot of the players to take it early because they said, listen, you're not going to be around at 55, take the money now.
0: Well, that did happen. That did happen, but um, uh, that's uh, that's your decision, you know, at that point in time personally on on I took it at 65 because um, you know, I was you a smart man I was in business and I my definition of the word pension was something that I need when I quit working so I need to maximize it if I possibly can and I did that with Social Security and with my NFL pension
2: now, you're, as you said, your last season was O.J. Simpson's first.
0: O.J.'s, uh-huh.
2: That, that didn't couldn't keep you around for another couple seasons? You say, all i got to do is just hit the guy on the other side of the line, and he's through the hole, and I look like a really good offensive <laughs> lineman. Well,
0: it just wasn't that simple. <laughs> you, you mentioned uh, Natchez, Mississippi, and I had uh, bought a business with my dad uh, after my first year of ball, and it was in Natchez. And, um... Uh, my my wife and I have uh, three daughters and two of the two of the uh, daughters were uh, in school in 1969 and um, we did not live in Buffalo we lived in in Mississippi and to be perfectly honest the schools were a little more advanced in New York than they were in Mississippi and uh, it was beginning to have a uh, negative... Um, Outlook on on my children. So the wife and I decided that we weren't going to let football abuse us, and we weren't going to abuse football by playing a couple, two or three more years just for a paycheck. So uh, we uh, we retired on that principle.
1: Thank you so much for your time, Billy. It was a pleasure talking to well, you. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed your insight into the pension, the bills. I mean, I learned Every, a lot of stuff today, even though everything. Thanks.
0: Good. Good. Have a great day. You, you too. too.
1: There was NFL Hall of Famer Billy Shaw, another great show today. I mean, Monty Irvin, ninety two years old. He talked like he was fifty, he was on the ball. And I mean he I was heard about- better
2: than some forty year olds I know.
1: Exactly. I don't want to name names. <laughs> David Spade. No. He, he knows a lot more than me. Again, Monty Irvin, Billy Shaw, and LaRia Daniels. Very good. You see? My Polish is getting better. <laughs> Again, thanks for listening to Sports and Torts. I'm David Spade with L.A. Harris. I want to thank our producer, Dave Olson, and stay tuned next week for another great show.